This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Positivity now. Let's look at the bright side from the win on Monday Night Football. There was a lot of negative negativity, but there's a lot to draw on the good that came Two in this game. Bright sides yeah, in particular. Right. Highsmith right. and Watt. Best pass rush duo in the NFL? It's up there. I mean, it's it'd be hard to disagree after Monday night. It's they certainly both scored a touchdown. You know, it's, it certainly reminded me of the Monday night game against it's ironic. Monday night game, divisional rival. It this time back, I'm thinking about the one back in 07. Uh, uh, against the Ravens, uh, James Harrison and Lamar Woodley—that was like Lamar's and and Harrison's like tandem breakout performance on a Monday night against the Ravens at home. Uh, eerily similar, considering these are our other two—the new era of the outside linebackers, both getting involved, both getting into the end zone. How about the fact that we're going into Week Three and the outside linebackers have more touchdowns <clears throat> as a unit than? <clears throat> The tight ends, the wide receivers, the running backs, because we got one for the tight ends in Pat, and we've got one for the wide receivers in George Pickens. None for the running backs. Two for the outside <laughs> linebackers. Um, Steelers also gained minus seven yards yeah. in the fourth quarter against the Browns. And, and they still, still completed the fourth yeah, quarter comeback right. because of TJ Watt right. and Alex Highsmith. I... It's rare to see two players on the defensive side of the ball just be like, we're not losing this football game, but that's exactly what happened. They Highsmith scores on the first play of the game. A little bit of luck, I'd say, more so involved in that one. Than I mean, if, if he score. doesn't get it, like, gonna Minka's going to pick that gonna, off. Minka should have made the pick. It was then weird he that rocked. he didn't. Well, he got right. rocked right when he caught the ball, um, but thank God he did because uh, Minka wasn't going to score. Was right he was going to be tackled if he made that pick. And it's also, uh, you, you can make the argument... He would rather Highsmith have the ball. Bigger guy, maybe tougher to bring down. Forget that. Do you see the speed up the sideline? I side know. Line? I know. He was picking him up and putting him down, baby. That was some athleticism right. that he was displaying there. That speed is coming off the edge against left tackles. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's no wonder why he was a double-digit sack guy last year. Um, but Watt and Highsmith... Literally just decided we're gonna wreck this whole thing up. Mm-hmm. There's no like, there's no Hayward. They're gonna be able to run the ball. BS. Their game plan is going to be wrecked. Any anytime they even think to drop back to pass with Deshaun Watson, we're gonna make their life just absolutely miserable. And, and they did. Um, Highsmith led the league last year in forced fumbles. Had a massive forced fumble last uh, uh, on Monday night. I mean, which play by Alex Highsmith did you like more? I liked the four, like I said, the interception pick six, a little bit of luck there, mm-hmm. right place, but right still, time. But still, he showed athleticism. Right. I liked the forced fumble more because that was just straight up. Uh, I beat my man, and I got to the quarterback, and I punched the ball. Like there was no luck involved. The only luck involved in that play was that the ball landed right in T.J. Watt's lap. Mm-hmm. There was no luck involved with what Alex Highsmith did to force that fumble. That was all skill from an all-pro potential player. Yeah, I mean, this is—I—it's a reach to say all-pro, but I think he's—he's he's an all-pro. He's an all-pro potential player. Yeah, he's—he's sure. he's showing from last season into this season, and wasn't like last season wasn't just a fluke. And now he has a healthy. Right. Watt, I mean, who, by the way, I think he is in a personal mission to break or tie his own sack record this year because that dude is playing bananas. I think right now. I think Micah Parsons is the only, only guy. other guy who's playing like, wow, this dude's wrecking right. everything like TJ Watt is. I mean, I did you watch the Jets Cowboys game 
Yeah, he was on a, an animal. Crazy. He, he couldn't be stopped. I don't think there's. I but mean, Watt reminded me of that no on Monday. No disrespect too. to Nick Bosa in San Fran, who's the rating defensive player of the year, but no one's playing at the level on defense that those two guys are playing at right now. No, those are your front runners for yeah. Depoy. Watt's got the lead because he got that touchdown, baby. I love that. Although Micah almost had a touchdown right. against the Jets, so it right. was called back. He literally ripped the ball right. out of the oh, dude's and hands and then recovered it. Yeah. And his, then. Like I, he made contact His with the Jets lineman. Guy touched him. Yeah, it wasn't even hit. Like he just made contact with the it's guy. The it's the rule, though. But uh, what a freaky play that was! Yeah, right to recover um, your own fumble and then run it. That was like a forty-yard run back. Too. Yeah. So those two, top of the the mountain as far as defensive football players are concerned right now, and and Watt I think has the edge. I think he's at the top. I mean, dude is just an absolute game wrecker when he's healthy. And I think what we're seeing out of these first two games last year really illustrates how he was never 100% when he mm-hmm. came back from the peck injury last oh, year. Yeah. Because the first two games this year looked like the first game last year before the peck injury mm-hmm. happened. And all the games the Just year imagine. prior when he set the sack record. Like, when he's at 100%, unblockable uh, doesn't even begin to describe him. Just imagine if TJ, I mean, know it's a big hypothetical, if he doesn't go down against Cincinnati, right? Because like you said, he came back against after the bye for the Steelers, and just, he was good. He wasn't TJ great. Like, do they beat the Jets if he's healthy? Oh, do they beat the Patriots The Jets and healthy? the Patriots, no question. The the Miami game, which Kenny had three interceptions and a chance to win the game at the end, but didn't. I think you could say that game goes in the Steelers' favor, potentially. The Ravens game, uh, the first game that they lost to the Ravens uh, in Pittsburgh, you could say they win that game because that game was also relatively close. So many of those games last year that the Steelers lost, easily you could have said the Steelers go in and win those games because of a guy like T.J. Watt. But just again, I'm going bigger picture than that. I'm saying for a career. Because you see now what T.J. Watt looks like at 100% versus last year when he came back from that pec injury. He... After week one, I know it was just one week, he was probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year again last year. <laughs> if he continued to play that way, yeah. Yeah, but I didn't... He, you, you, we, again, I'll say I'll say it he again. He basically won the we game. We see TJ Watt at 100% and we've seen him not. So if he gets another 14-game season last year, 14 games at 100%, I'll say even 13 games at 100%, two games at 50%, and then two games he's out. That's enough. We've seen enough of TJ to know what he can do at 100%. And 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 this year is no no uh, uh no um sorry no um wow um, just, no um uh no um uh no um uh no exception <laughs> no exception to the standard that we've seen TJ Watt set. I also think this year you've got depth at that position that you haven't had in the past. Watt and Highsmith Take breaks. That's the way that they are. Watt never goes less than 110%. So people get a little, you know, butthurt when he's out on the sidelines in the fourth quarter. Why is he out there? It's an important play. He's gassed. You know, you don't want Crosby to be out there for the entire game in hockey. He'll get gassed. He won't be as effective. Watt's taking a little blow to be more effective. Golden and Herbig played amazing last Mm -hmm. night when the the line changed. Yeah. If you can do a full on. The Herbig near sack. That would have happened if Deshaun Watson didn't give the he face mask. He still drew that face mask. Right. It's still a great right, play. Right, 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 right. There's another play. Uh, go to Twitter. Brian Baldinger does great breakdowns. 
Herbig just wipes out the entire offensive mm-hmm. line for the Browns on a run play. Just crashes in, pushes them down. They look like dominoes. He he played awesome. Golden had a sack. Golden was all over the place. I think uh, Tim Benz was joking on Monday Night Quarterback. There was a play where uh, Golden had the sack. He was feeling had another big play. He's feeling himself, and then Watts started to come back on the field. And Golden for a second like gave him the like, no, no, I'm good, I'm uh-huh. good. And then he was like, oh, it's number ninety. And he, okay, yeah. yeah. I'm I like that though, knowing your place. Right, Haven't had right, somebody right. that knows his place. Well, in a especially long time. for TJ Watt, you, yeah, can, you he, cannot shoot that guy off the field. No, you cannot. But and he, I don't think he meant to. I just think he was in no, that he zone. Felt he good. saw somebody. Yeah, he he's like, good. oh, I'm gonna. Oh, oh, it's TJ. Okay. But if you can do a, like a hockey line change at that position, mm-hmm. and you don't have to make sure a Watt or a Highsmith is on the field, you every match time, every time. Yeah. If you can just full on, okay, Watt Highsmith out for three plays, Golden Herbig in. That's huge, but man. What's that great, is huge. What's also great too is that like you can. At any point in the game, it's not just. That's oh, what I mean. A, in the fourth quarter, break, Golden right. Herbig get out there, and they're effective. Like mm-hmm. that is something they haven't had at that position in a long time. And people were saying at the beginning of the year, "Yeah, the depth's nice, but you, you got to find a way to have fifty-six or ninety out there with a Golden, with a Herbig, so they're not out there." No, Golden Herbig can handle their own in a role that's less than a starter's. Now, if they were the starters, they probably wear down. But I, I am totally fine with at any point in the game. Unless it's maybe like third and ten in the last play of the game, you want Watt and Heisman out there. But switching over and exercising the depth at that position because it looks great so far. I mean, it's without a doubt the best position group on the team. Yeah, I mean that's on both sides of the football because I the mean, top it, two are the, so good. Yeah, well, but. also the offense is just below every every position on the defense essentially. Correct. Even though that you don't love the run stop that you got out of. The defensive front without Cam Hayward, and we'll get into the secondary too. But it's just the star of the team right now is is Alec. The stars rather is that outside linebacker unit. And Tom, I I really appreciate you bringing up Marcus Golden and Herbig because I don't think it's fair to exclude them from this conversation surrounding that unit. It's not fair to just talk about Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt. What's ironic is nationwide, you see people, I'm not saying it's everywhere, but you see a lot of people just saying, oh, look at TJ Watt, it's all TJ Watt, not giving as much credit as he deserves to Alex Highsmith. But really, when you boil it down, like you mentioned, Herbert got into the backfield multiple times. Golden got the sack. Golden was feeling it at some point. Herbig would have had a sack if not for the Deshaun Watson face mask call. All four are as solid as they can be, as solid as you can ask your first, second, third, and fourth string outside linebackers. Yeah, no question. It's It's been such a strength for them, and it was the reason that position group was one of the main reasons why uh, they won that game. Uh, Herbig, a rookie, though, making an impact. But I'd like to see more out of some higher drafted rookies in this draft class, specifically Broderick Jones and Joey Porter Jr. Porter Jr. played, uh, I think, double the snaps that he did uh, week one to week two, but it's still only 14 snaps. So he went from like seven to 14. Huge pass breakup at one point in the game. Closed out super fast, tipped it away, uh, even said after the words, which I love hearing this from young players, uh, could have picked that off, need to pick that off. Mm-hmm. So he made a great play, and he still thinks he could have done a lot done better. better. Yeah. Then he absolutely mugged the guy at the end of a game and got away with pass interference, but you got away with pass interference. Yeah, and I'll say this too. Donovan Peoples-Jones had a hand on Joey Porter Jr. also. Listen, Joey Porter Jr. is physical, dude. He's mm-hmm. going to get away with pass interferences in his career because he's he's a, he's a going to be grabby. He's going to be pushing people around. I, I like that. I, I know it's really risky in that last play scenario 
all it takes is one ref feeling like he wants to throw that flag and could have been a completely different outcome. But Jacob, at some point, it's enough already watching Pat Pete and right. Wallace get burned. I mean, I understand that you are trepidatious to play rookies because they can make rookie mistakes and you're trying to win every game and you don't want a rookie to leave you out to dry and end up turning a win to a loss. But if the veterans are making mistakes left and right, why don't they get held to the same accountability? So just because Joey Porter Jr. is a rookie, you're scared to play him because he might make a mistake, but you'll let Levi Wallace go out there and make mistake after mistake after mm-hmm. mistake just because he's been in the league for five years? That really rubs me the wrong way. I mean, Shannon Sullivan's you, out there for if you as wanted many snaps, to start those more. guys and give them a chance, fine. Two weeks in a row, they've been absolutely torched. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it's going to take. And it probably has already happened. And maybe you'll see more Porter Jr., but I have to see that kid just get thrown out there and, and play on the outside and try to cover some of these elite wide receivers in the NFL. He is your best outside corner on your roster, talent-wise. Mm-hmm. You have to start playing him, or else you're going to, I don't want to say stunt his growth, but you're going to delay it. If he had been playing for the first two games a lot... Maybe he's already got already a, a ready. really yeah. nice rhythm about him, and he feels established. Uh, Trey Essex said uh, on Mark Madden's show earlier last week, uh, it took me three games in the NFL before I really felt comfortable being in the NFL. That would have This would have been his third game uh, mm-hmm. if you're Joey Porter Jr., if he had been used a lot more. So uh, enough with all he's in the dime, and we're not in dime that much, so he gets on the field whenever we go into that package. Put him at the top of that depth chart right. and let this rookie play. Yeah, why limit yourself to only certain schemes that you allow yourself to put him on the field? He's got to make plays. He made plays right. yesterday or Monday night right. against the Browns. Like uh, Rookies make plays mm-hmm. because they're so juiced up and jacked up and ready to go. Like, Yeah, that leads to mistakes, and that's the fear of it. But again, I just can't come back to you. Like, it's not like your starters are playing mistake-free football. Right. It's not like Pat Why P has been burned for what three touchdowns on the year, and you're not even letting Joey Porter have the chance to make a mistake. Like he doesn't even get the ability to show that he can't do it. Give him some more playing time, for the love of God. And I get also the strategy of bringing rookies along slowly. If you have pretty good depth at the position that the rookie's at, Broderick Jones is way better than any tackle on their team. And Joey Porter Jr., I think, is way better than any cornerback on their team. It's not like those are two position of strengths where they just locked into two really good rookies and they don't really need to play them because their starters are so great. I had to check in and clean my glasses off this morning. Jacob, Dan Moore graded out as a 3.1 out of 100, I think, as mm-hmm. far as pass rush was concerned. I hope that that was a typo and it's really 31 <laughs> out of 100. Either way, abysmal. Right. Second straight week in a row, Dan Moore Jr. was the worst-rated offensive lineman in all of football. Mm -hmm. Play the rookie. He quite literally cannot be worse. Right. You can't be out of, like, 95 qualified guys. He can't be 96. Cannot be worse. Cannot be 96, right? And I guarantee you he's better. I mean, I just just guarantee you he's better. Tom, we're at a loss for words right now just because, again— we come into a season saying, play the rookies, use the rookies to your advantage, and then they start the season without Kenny Pickett starting at quarterback. They they start the season without 
they start the season without Joey Porter lined up in the secondary. They start the season without Broderick Jones lined up on the offensive line. I I don't get it. I, I'm at, I'm at the same loss that you are. Because Look, because even if you wanted to start the season with those guys, whatever, they're not playing well. No, right. It's not that you had. They've. It's also too. It's not that like. Dan Moore has been a, a stalwart on this team for a decade plus, and you feel a sense of loyalty to him. Patrick Peterson has has been on the team, has spent his entire Hall of Fame career with the Steelers organization. Never left, never never left for a bigger contract or or a sexier playoff chasing team or a ring chasing team. These are guys that you owe nothing to, right? Patrick Peterson on the tail end of his career. Uh, we we saw him in Minnesota being used less, which ended up doing more for him, right? Working out in the slot ended up proving better for his gameplay because of his inability to keep up with younger, faster, more physical receivers on the sidelines. Something exactly Joey Porter shined at doing at Penn State, why he was a quintus, an, an essentially a first-round draft pick taken at number 32 overall. I Broderick Jones having one of the best pass protection grades of any offensive lineman over the last couple of years out of Georgia, allowing what one quarterback sack in like all three years that he played there. Broderick Jones doesn't get put into the stat blasts that I get from the great Bob Labriola. God, I love that man. He's like our uncle, really. He's like Uncle Bob, Uncle Labs. for all of us yeah. on SNR. Um, you don't see Broderick Jones because he's not playing enough snaps, but. Um, I've heard people say his PFF grades in the snaps is like 65, 67, which is like light years ahead of anything Dan Moore, really anything any of the offensive line has been able to put out so far. But I do have to say this, though, Jacob, and I'm putting out the warning. Steelers fans, you're about to get mad because I'm mad as hell right now. PFF is not gospel. Right. Did Dan Moore really play 3.1 out of 100? No, he was much better than that. They probably trashed him a little extra mm-hmm. hard, to be honest with you. Here's why pro football focus and their ratings might be absolute dumpster trash. And I might want to wipe my butt with it. TJ Watt had a pretty decent game against the Browns, wouldn't you say? 82.6 was his grade out. Okay. How's that compared to uh, other people? Um, Miles Garrett. Oh, Miles Garrett got a 91.7. So you're telling me Miles Garrett had a better, more impactful game than TJ Watt. And then the nerds of PFF go, if you look at the win rate and the pass block percentage that was uh, put towards Miles Garrett, he faced double teams and he won his pass rate every chance. Did he get into the end zone? Did he have a sack? Did he have a sack? Did he have the pass pass batted down the line of scrimmage? He had one quarterback hit, Tom. All night. It's ridiculous. The the rivalry, it's Sid Ovi-esque, not to that level at all, but Garrett Watt drafted same same year, same draft class. Garrett first overall pick, Watt 30th overall pick. Uh, playing for two storied rivals, same position, prolific sack getters, and just at every single turn, Watt is better than Garrett in the head-to-head matchup, right. when they're not head-to-head, he's got better stats and less games played. And less games, The yep. only thing Garrett has over him is that he plays. Like, that's it. His availability is better than Watts. Everything else skews in the favor of Watt. Yet, we continue to hear how Garrett is a better player. At some point, Garrett better start putting up the numbers and putting up the results against T.J. Watt and the Steelers to start proving that, or else that take is just going to get more and more ridiculous, and it's going to make me steam more and more. Watt blows Garrett out of the water. Zadarius Smith and Garrett 
was the duo everybody was talking about heading into the game. Watt and Highsmith wiped the out. floor out. Yeah, blew him out. Wiped him out of the gym. I mean, and it's not like Garrett was going up against, you know, the Dallas Cowboys offensive line. He was going up against one of the worst graded offensive lines in football. Mm-hmm. So how can you, as PFF, <laughs> grade the Steelers as one of the worst graded offensive lines in football, and then, and then in Garrett. the same breath say Garrett was a 91 performer because what? He was beating up against some great, he, he did nothing against great offensive line play? Get out of here. Highsmith did great in the 90s, but Highsmith also graded less. You said TJ was an 82? 82. Dude, he was wrecking that game. Yeah, I mean, again, you want to talk about value. You take away, you take Miles Garrett out of the equation. Kenny Pickett graded out 35 out of 100. Yeah, that's great. really bad. Uh, Justin you, Fields, who was terrible too, was a 52. So ooh, put that in perspective. Yeah. Uh, you take Miles Garrett out of the equation for the Browns. Again, it's sure maybe he had successful pass uh pass rush compared to TJ on a given play, a higher rate, but you take him out of the equation, what did the Browns lose? You know what? One quarterback hit. One quarterback hit. Pass me. rush win rate is great, and I understand that it has its value. But sacks has more value. Yeah, absolutely. Interceptions has more value. Force fumbles has more value. Touchdowns. That's great that you keep winning. At the line of scrimmage, Dude, what, are what, you do you do yeah. what are you doing with it? What do you do? What do you do? He did with it. it. He did not. And by the way, it's the. I'm sure Watt has a pretty decent pass rush win rate as well. Right. I'm it's not I'm sure he does a decent job. They 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 just. I know Dewan Jones it. said he had tells. I don't know if those tells really showed themselves. So the one play where TJ just blew by him and sacked with Deshaun Watson. Dewan Jones, you could literally see him just put his arms up like, "What the hell? How did he get by me so fast? His chest was open. I was supposed to be able to block him." It's uh, it's puzzling how PFF seems to prioritize that pass rush win rate over er- over everything else, over every other major st- major statistical s- category you can have as an edge rusher. Yeah, and that's why they love Miles Garrett. That and uh, the double team thing. Uh, I think that's just a like. So what, you're telling like me that TJ never, gets, never double gets double teamed, right? And maybe have some better players around him to avoid him getting double teamed. And I know you tried to go out and get Zadarius Smith to do that, but I mean, we have High Smith here. He helps avoid what just getting double, triple, quadruple teamed. Hayward too when he's healthy, because we've got other players that can be impactful as far as the pass rush is concerned. Um, but yeah, that's that's going to get you mad all the time. Yeah, with right. PFF grades, but that's nothing abnormal. We've seen this no, for the entirety of I their honestly careers. Was not. I was thinking before these grades came out, like I bet you they still grade Garrett better than Watt, yeah. even though he was a ghost out there all game long, and Watt was uh, on national television too, like. Do you think anybody in the country left that game being like, "Wow, Miles Garrett really really that had game. a he much better game"? game yeah, I mean they ranked they ranked they ranked Miles Garrett higher than TJ Watt the season that TJ Watts tied the single season. I know they said he was a better <laughs> player at the position compared to somebody who was historically great. When your one job as an edge rusher is sacking the quarterback, yeah, I mean he tied the sack record, but he didn't win enough at the line of scrimmage. Get out of here, PFF. How did he not win if he tied that record? Get out of here, PFF. But I am going to use you when you're bashing Dan <laughs> But again, I think it's too harsh for bashing. Because right. he did slow D- Miles Garrett down. Uh, again, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth here, PFF. Like, how could Miles Garrett be, be so bad by someone who was the worst offensive lineman in football last week? Make it make sense. And how could you grade Miles Garrett so low? When all my mean, or, sorry, Dan, Dan Moore, Moore Jr. when Miles so Garrett low. was apparently the best edge rusher in football last week, and then also did nothing. Exactly. So I, 
I, I don't understand it. I mean, Micah Parsons had a 94.4. He was the second highest rated player in the entire league last week. That's exactly where TJ Watt should right. be in, is that 94. He had just as much impact as him. So, And the other thing is, too, you know, guys like Bosa, guys like Garrett, they keep getting in the 90s a lot based on reputation as well as being great. Why does Watt get Where's put, the respect why for does TJ? Watt get put yeah. in the 80s? Like, the low 80s. Yeah, for a game where he was just all over the field. And, like, guys, the, 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 here's some other edge rushers that were rated higher than him. Bradley Chubb, Shaquille Barrett, Andrew Van Ginkle. In Miami, wow. Yeah. Highsmith, which, okay, I'll, I'll allow that. Josh Sweat out of Philadelphia. Uh, Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons. I mean, come on, guys. Andrew Van Ginkle had an okay game, but he did not impact it like T.J. Watt did. Right. Ugh. Are you mad? I'm, I'm still pretty mad. Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing, Tom. I'm more mad at just like what we saw on the field by the offense and I am at PFF. What? There's no utility in being mad at PFF. Good job bringing it back to full circle because you're right. That's the. Let's keep our eye on the prize here. There's no point in getting mad at PFF. <laughs> We're gonna be fake mad numbers. at PFF, right, for their fake statistic or fake measurements. The real statistics is Steelers just aren't doing that great on the offensive side. No, as well. and again, I was. I, I said this before. I have not felt this bad about a about a win. I. You know what? It was ironic. The last time I felt this bad about a win, I think, was the Cincinnati game at week one last year. Because you won, and it was an awesome win, but you lost T.J. Watt. So, to quote the Thanos quote from Avengers, at what cost? It's a great way to pull that out. Except I think it was Gamora who said that. (laughs) (laughs) To Thanos. Okay. Let's reward some money. Yeah, let's Teddy do it. Teddy KGB's going to get mad if we don't. You take whichever guy you take, I'll happily take the other. I'll give you the obvious one. I'll go on the offensive side of the ball. I'll give it to George. Oh, okay. Pay that man his money. Thank you, Teddy KGB. Okay. He had his first 100-yard receiving okay. game of his career. Yeah. He had the only splash play we've seen out of the Steelers offense in two years now. You know, I heard it's the longest touchdown play by the Steelers since, of all people, Chase Claypool in 2020. That bomb, yeah. When Chase Claypool had his only good season in the NFL and had 11 Mm -hmm. touchdowns. So, I'll give it to George. I know it feels wrong not giving it to both of those outside linebackers. Maybe you can give them to both. Maybe you can break the rules a little bit and have both of them share the paycheck, Highsmith and Watt. But I go Pickens, I mean... The kid needed that for sure. Right. I mean, what's what's funny too is listen. I know that you know wide receivers are divas, but like that dude, After that last dude needed week, to see yeah. himself with a one hundred. Right. Winning mm-hmm. is most important, but I'm also happy that that dude gets to see a hundred yard receiving game next mm-hmm. to his name. He needs that. And I'll 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 expand the, the the scope here a little bit beyond just George Pickens. Warren Sharp was a big critic of is it is currently a big critic of the Steelers' offensive line play, the Steelers' play calling by Matt Canada. The lack of his explosion by the offense in general. Warren Sharp was one of the loudest people last year to point out the lack of explosiveness by the Steelers, saying that they only had two touchdowns to come outside of the red zone all of last year. Well, War I mean, he's still gonna criticize Matt Canada. He was pretty vocal about it on Monday night. He's still gonna criticize the offensive line play until it finally shows signs of improving, but he can no longer say that. There were there weren't any explosive plays by the Steelers because luckily they have a player good enough in George Pickens to do something with the football. 
Who's your money maker? Who are you paying? Well, I thought you were gonna go one of these two next. I'm yeah. just gonna take them both because I think they're both. I think all three of the guys we're gonna name today are, are worthy. But because you named you went offense, I'll give it both to Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt. Paid that and I might, and I might money. say Don't Alex. Over Teddy KGB sorry, again. Teddy. Sorry. I'll give you some Oreos Dude. as an apology. Dude, are you trying to get us both whacked? As an apology. Uh, I might give it to Alex Highsmith. Slightly over TJ. Well, he did force the fumble, right? On the TJ and he got. And, and the great thing too about TJ is, in his post game press conference, or I think he, it was either in his press conference or his on the field interview, he didn't. He just he owned up to it, kind of like how Alex Highsmith was in the right place at the right time. TJ said that was all fifty six. I just he I was, just was the he guy. Literally brought him in. Right, 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 right. He was. I Talk said to this I'm, guy. Right, right. Yeah. So that's it's exactly what you want to see. Oh no, for sure. And those two are. The 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 shining hope right now. Mm-hmm. When you're a Steelers fan, um, you really look to those two as the reason for any. They're, they're, they're the only reason why you won that game against the Browns. Uh, in my the mind, only reason is those two. I mean, yeah, you you had the big splash play with Pickens on the offensive side of the ball, but if those two don't play the game that they played on Monday Night Football, you are in an O two hole, no doubt about it. In my mind. Gear up with the latest sideline apparel, hats, or jerseys of your favorite players. Authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can only find directly from the team. And one of the official Steelers Pro Shops, they're located at Akershire Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets, or you can visit us online at shop.steelers.com. When we come back... Week 3, Power Rangers! That's up next on the Steelers Standard.